JT Smith of the TFON Podcast here for episode 13 of season two. And I have a special guest. It is SMU week for the Cincinnati Bearcats as they will be hosting SMU at Nippert Stadium. And I was able to get Dallas Morning News, Joe Hoyt, on the podcast with us. Joe, how are you doing today? I'm good, JT. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. It should be a big week. Should I be know. Fun. It is, man. It's a big week, man. I, I'm going to get into it. I'm going to go jump right into it. You know, I feel like, you know, even though SMU is eight and two, I feel like they're like one of the most dis- more disrespected teams when it comes to like the top 25 and um, especially the college football playoff. I know they weren't, they're not a team that was, you know, expected to be in the top tier, but from the first ranking on, when those guys were, I think they were the 17th, I want to say, in the AP poll, and then they weren't ranked in the, in the top 25 in the college football polls. Um, like, what kind of disrespect do you feel like that team is feeling, per se, uh, or do you kind of think it's like a coin flip, per se? I, I know I'm kind of rambling right there. but Yeah, no, no, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting because since then, you know, obviously SMU has lost two games in a row, um, and so people could point to that and be like, oh, see, that's why they weren't in the top 25. Yeah. But I think ultimately when you look at it, I think they were in the initial rankings a little bit slighted, and I think the entire American Athletic Conference was ultimately. I even tweeted after last week's ranking, it's pretty clear that because when Houston got slided too, <laughs> that, you know, hey, like it's pretty clear that the, the, the committee just doesn't like the level of play in the American Athletic Conference yeah. currently. Um, but, you know, I think I think ultimately, especially for Cincinnati fans, that's kind of a that's kind of a problem because the one of the things that you know they'll always say is the level of competition. Well, perception's reality. Right. So yeah. if, if you think the level of competition is bad, it, it's irrelevant. And if the committee doesn't rank the people on. Cincinnati's schedule as competent teams, it's obviously going to hurt them in the long run and kind of just aid that argument. Um, but I think SMU has proven that they're a good team, um, especially offensively. I mean, I think we've seen when they're when they're clicking, they are definitely clicking. I mean, 55 points again last week, third time they've done that this season against a pretty good UCF defense too. Um, so it, it's it, it'll be very interesting to see what happens um, come this Saturday. So like, yeah, like, because I was – I was the rule of thumb, like, okay, Cincinnati needs SMU not to lose. I was kind of sad when y'all lost, <laughs> but, but I kind of backpedaled because they weren't, they didn't give them any love in the, in the conference football. I mean, in the CF, you know, rankings or whatnot. And I was like, oh man, that's rough. So, um, but then with Houston, they're, they're still not in the top 25, which I don't understand. Maybe it'll change this week, but nothing that they've, you know, done in the last couple of weeks tells me that they will put them in the top 25 personally. Um, and I was saying, hey, you know, the Bearcats can beat, you know, SMU, which is a, is a good team. And then, you know, beat whoever they beat in the, you know, in the AAC, you know, championship game. They'll be two top 25 wins. And I was thinking that they could possibly have a top 15 win possibly in there. Plus, you know, Notre Dame, then it's like it'll be harder for them to turn them, you know, turn them away. But, you know, who knows? We'll have to just, just got to keep winning and see what happens. But um, SMU as a whole, you guys have a high power offense. Who, who's the key to keep, who's the key on that offense or, or multiple keys? I know it's more than one person when you're scoring, you know, 40 some points a, a week. Yeah, but you kind of, I mean, I mean, asking about one key is actually probably, you know, the, the better question, to be honest, because mm-hmm. if you look at their season, when they've had Ulysses Benley the fourth, who is one of my favorite names I've ever <laughs> come across in college football. And <laughs> I call him, you know, it's cause it's funny. So it's a running back named Bentley, right? So the yeah. pun is obviously, Oh, that makes sense. Right. Yes. <laughs> well, 
I, he came back last week um, full force for the first time in a long time since the TCU game about, you know, two months ago, because he's been battling a high ankle sprain and he's been dressing, you know, getting padded up and then not yeah. playing. And everyone's been like, when's Ulysses coming back? Um, but he came back last week for the, in, you know, in full force for the first time and almost immediately one of his first carries takes the ball 59 yards for a touchdown, mm-hmm. breaking tackles, showing speed, cutting across field. And at, right when after that touchdown is when the SMU offense f- kind of got its footing again. So I call him, I called him the Ivy, you know, the fourth <laughs> Ivy. Um, it makes this, makes this. I like it. <laughs> yeah, the Ivy to SMU's offense because he gave life to it. And uh, I mean, ultimately, if he's in the game, they're a different offense. He's fast. It helps out their second running back, Trey Siggers, who's who's really powerful in between the tackles. I kind of, you know, remind he reminds me of Frank Gore the way he runs the ball. Okay. He's very, you know, balanced and forward. But so if Bentley's playing, they're a different offense. But ultimately, they have Tanner Mordecai, who was just named the four, uh, the conference offensive player of the week for the fourth time this season. Um, you know, he's he set the school record for touchdown passes in a, um, in a single season already. Uh, he's transferred from Oklahoma. So he's been really, really good for them. The one big question mark is whether or not Danny Gray is going to play. He's one of the best receivers in the conference. Okay. Uh, he's electric. Uh, he's turned into a jump ball receiver this year, which has been very impressive. But he left last game uh, in the first half on crutches. He got rid of the crutches and left on a boot at the end of the game, and his status is still unknown. So if mm-hmm. he can play, that's a boost. But it's funny because, I, I mean, SMU, you know, you might think, how does a group of five team have one of the more talented wide receiver groups in the country? But I think you can make the argument. Uh, they had a true freshman who, who started off the year as their – eighth wide receiver on the depth chart mm. he led the team in catches last week uh okay. 10 catches for 88 yards dylan goffney is his name and he's and he already looks fluid and he looks good um so those are some keys grant calcaterra the tight end from oklahoma former oklahoma guys and they got to watch on offense uh, long story short they got a lot of weapons yeah. and uh but bentley <laughs> bentley is the key okay so bentley bentley he finished the game last week right so he's he should be good to go i mean i, I want i want to see the Bearcats go against a fully strength SMU team because I feel like this, even though like the the luster isn't what it was, I thought it was going to be a couple weeks ago. I feel like this is a very, very, very huge game for the Bearcats just because the teams they have been playing have been what um, they played Tulane, Navy, and who did they play last week? Uh, at USF. I mean, all those teams are, you know, one win, two win teams and it's easy to play down. And I feel like, SMU has talent. Like if you watch football and you pay attention, those guys, they have talent. They can score um, very efficient, you know, explosive offense. And I, I like to see that because the Bearcats have a very good defense and I want to see how they do because they haven't played against a team that's this dynamic, you know, in over a couple months. So it's going to be a huge test just to see what happens and, you know, um, how they, uh, you know, adjust because, the Bearcats run defense the last few weeks hasn't been what we're used to seeing. And then with, with Bentley being back, um, that's going to be very interesting because, you know, he, he's a heck of a player. Like, you know, you pay attention slightly, you know who he is. Um, and then if, you know, uh, if, you, if you watch at all, like a lot of people that cover or, you know, have to watch AAC football, you know that, you know, SMU's got, got some ballers. So, um if you don't think they got ballers, then you probably don't watch the games at all. So, um, but uh, yeah, I, I'm excited to see what happens, you know, with the, you know, you guys offense against our defense. And then on a defensive side of the ball, um, how do you guys think 
who's your key on the defensive side of the ball? And how do you think you'll be able to control the, the very balanced, you know, Bearcats offense? Yeah, I mean, if you look at the last time SMU played UCF, uh, Desmond Ritter kind of ran all over him. Yeah, he had eight carries. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think it was eight carries, 182 yards and three touchdowns, including a 91-yard touchdown that really broke the game open. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, stopping him is is objective number one, especially in the running. <laughs> I mean, if you let a quarterback run all over you, you're in trouble. Yeah, um, true. That proved it last time. Um, but, I mean, defensively this year, you know, the SMU secondary has been a very – big weak point for them, um, especially against the deep ball. Um, just go look at what Memphis did to them. Uh, at one point in the Memphis game, um, Memphis had converted on five of six fourth down attempts, and they got 130 yards on those plays for in one touchdown. And it was all just deep balls and 50-50 balls that the, the secondary just couldn't stop. And But, you know, it's funny, uh, last week, you know, all of a sudden they, they didn't let the deep ball beat them. And I know UCF isn't the, the most, um, you know, without Dylan Gabriel is not the most yeah. prolific down the field passing attack, but you know, I mean, the, the SMU DBs were kind of stride for stride with, with their receivers. They didn't, they didn't really get, let people get behind them, which has been a vulnerability for them. I think it was a big confidence booster for them, but a big part of that is kind of the symbiotic relationship between pass rush and, and secondary, because finally the pass rush also really ignited mm-hmm. last week. Um, I think they had eight sacks. Um, Elijah Chapman, uh, you know, this really strong, you know, defensive lineman. Uh, they call him the baby bison instead of bison. It's a French <laughs> thing. I don't know. But um, he had uh, he had two sacks. Devere Levelson had three sacks. Turner Cox had a sack and a forced fumble. So it's it's obvious. I mean, as I mean, anyone who watches football knows if the pass rush is there, it helps the secondary. But if yeah. the secondary is there, it helps the pass rush. And then finally, for the first time this season, it looked like both parties were really helping each other out. So that'll be key this week. Um, you know, obviously if Desmond Ritter's able to get out of the pocket, out of the pass rush, that's going to hurt uh, the secondary as well. So I think not only that, the secondary is going to play well, but the linebackers, the inside linebackers in particular got to play well. But SMU has four inside linebackers that they rotate for the mm-hmm. two starting positions, and all four are really, really good players. Uh, it includes three seniors. Um, one of them is a seventh-year guy. Um, and then it includes Oregon transfer Isaac Slade Matawatia, um, who led Oregon in tackles the previous two seasons and transferred here. Um, so he's, I mean, if they can keep Desmond Ritter in the pocket or even get sacks on him, I think it'll really help out a secondary that's been vulnerable for the most part of the season, but played really well last week. That's good. That's a good tidbit to know. So, so vulnerable to the deep ball. That's, that's been one of the strong points this year. So that, then we'll see how that plays out. That'll be very interesting. So, all right. So now we went with offense, defense. Uh, I normally don't really go into special teams too much because it's just, I just kind of let it play out. But in general, you guys did give up a kickoff return to lose. I want to say that was Houston, right? I thought it was going to overtime. Is, yeah. is, is special teams a strong point or was that just kind of like a fluke play for you guys? So, I'd actually say that SMU special teams is one of their strong points because okay. they have an electric kick return too. In Brian Massey, who has been fantastic, he had a kickoff return that changed the game against Navy for a touchdown. I think he's had five kick returns go over forty yards this oh. this year, so he's been very close to breaking other ones. I mean, uh, he's a he's a star kick returner. I think when Marcus Jones goes, that he might be the most feared kick return in the league next year. Hmm. Um, but as you pointed out, um, obviously they gave up a huge game winner to Marcus Jones. And I think in that case, it was one of the, it was a combination of 
they overloaded one side of the field hoping to pin him. And in reality, the ball went to the middle. So next thing you know, you had multiple guys. If you look at the wall replay, you'll have about four or five guys that are overloaded on the left side and out of position. And it kind of creates this gaping hole, which you can't do against a guy like Marcus Jones. Yeah. So um, I, I almost look at that as, I, I, as an anomaly, to okay. be honest, because um, their kickoff team has been pretty good this year. Um, but um, I think Brian Massey on the other side, I think Brian Massey, their kick returner could change the game. And I mean, Hey, if you're going to beat a team like Cincinnati, you're going to need things to go right in kind of different places. And I think if SMU could get some points off special teams, it could really be a factor for them uh, come Saturday. So Saturday, are we going to make a prediction? So do you feel (laughs) that SMU is going to pull the upset or do you feel like, they're just going to come to Cincinnati and be a part, be the next victim. What's, what's your, your thoughts? Yeah, so I think ultimately SMU hasn't been good on the road this year. They're, they, they lost, you know, two games in a row at Memphis, at Houston. They should have lost to Louisiana Tech, but they had a Hail Mary deflection as game expired to win it. Yeah. yeah. Um, they, they beat Navy by a touchdown, but we're down 21-7. So that's been the road slate this year. It hasn't, <laughs> it hasn't been pretty. But with that being said, SMU has shown, and last week was a good example, and the TCU game was a good example, that when they are firing on all cylinders, they're a very dangerous team. They, they can score with any team in the country. If they can get pass rush, their defense can play well. Um, you know, so I think it's a, a thing where Cincinnati can't take them lightly, ultimately. I, I, I like to look at, at games as margins, you know, as, as who can win as margins, and you know, for example, like I think Cincinnati's got a bigger margin for victory than UCF did last week, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's all about like what team shows up that day for SMU. And I think, I think that there's there is a scenario where SMU goes to Cincinnati and beats them. I don't. I would not bet on it. I don't think it's likely <laughs> um, by any means. But if Cincinnati, if we're talking about margins, if Cincinnati has a bad game where their margin of victory is slimmer, and SMU's firing on all the cylinders, I mean, I think that it's upset watch in Cincinnati but I also don't think that's going to happen okay that's (laughs) fair that's fair respectable that's respectable answer yeah so So I think I kind of hedge my bets I think the potential's there for sure okay I get you saying but I don't but I don't think it's gonna happen okay so you you think it's not gonna happen but SMU has the potential to pull it off besides where some teams don't have it you feel like don't have a chance and it's like oh my god they pull it off out of nowhere where you feel like SMU has the talent to do it if they play right and since now he plays iffy, then it yeah. could be. SMU is a, a dangerous team, ultimately. For I, sure. I, I, For it's sure. not a team that I would not want to, especially on their offense. If, like I said, I, it's not a team I'd want to face in the end of the season. And I think, I think honestly, you know, we talked about the committee kind of sliding yeah. Cincinnati a little bit. I think there's still a chance where this could be like a, like a good game for them on their resume. Say, sure. I mean, say if, yeah, say if they hold Naden to, SMU team to like 13 points or something like yeah. that. And, yeah. and that looks good. Um, For sure. So I think so too. Like this is like a game like that. Like I have a lot of respect for SMU. I feel, I know that those guys in the locker room do too. And I, I think this is like kind of a, a very, very, very big game. So I want to see how they play because just like the last month, they haven't had the challenges because even UCF, which at the beginning of the season was supposed to be a big game for them because of the injuries and how they played, they were already like two or three and two. So the luster was gone for that game. And I was like, man, they don't, they really don't have any, I mean, I know they play ECU next week, which they're, they're surprisingly a lot better this year than people expected, but it's still one of those games where it's like, 
uh, you know what I mean? Where I feel like this SMU game, no matter what, even though they're kind of, I feel like the rankings are sliding them, but I feel like the Bearcats kind of take are taking those guys serious where they understand how legit this team is, you know, and I think this is good because they need it because they've been playing teams that everybody just expects them to beat or pound. I think the pressure is there. I think this game, I feel like they'll be able to play regular. No matter what happens, I feel like this will be a game they can kind of just let their hair down and play because they're playing against people. I don't think SMU will try to just intentionally play slow. I think they'll play their game and see what happens where other people are just trying to just grind, 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 grind. I think it's been wearing on them. So we shall see. I think think you bring up a lot of good points. I will say this, though. Last week, I picked against SMU for the first time this season. I, I picked them to win every single game in our official pick them. And then I said, you know what? After two straight losses, I think things are kind of going a little weird. I'm going to pick against them. Yeah. So I picked UCF to win. And then SMU won 55 to 28. So, okay. I, <laughs> so I'm going to pick Cincinnati, which might not be the best thing. I hope you I hope what you do doesn't affect what happens on Saturday (laughs) for sure (laughs) all right so cool thank I appreciate you being on the pod with me um let everybody know where they can find your work um um uh and you know where they can find you on social media and all that fun stuff so they can either heckle you or uh (laughs) all right come in there and say some nice things (laughs) yeah no I'm very I'm very active on Twitter so and I got some weird takes so yeah I I always invite some heckling. So I'd love to hear Cincinnati Bearcat fan for my mentions. Um, it's at Joe, J O E J H O Y T at Joe J Hoyt on Twitter. Um, and then if you just go to the Dallas morning news, um, go to the college sections, you'll be able to find me and my colleagues work. Um, and we, uh, you know, we, we do our best to cover uh, SMU and everything happening in Texas as, as the best we can. So check it out. <laughs> cool, cool. Well, you heard that Bearcat nation, make sure you follow Joe. He's been gracious enough to spare a little bit of time for me. And make sure you guys check out the TFON podcast. I'm JT Smith and I'm signing out.